Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. Man, we are so blessed to have Dr. Sweet with us, who is the executive director. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Sweet. He didn't ask me to do this, but I, I, I feel like it's important because sometimes you just need to know who's talking to you, right? Uh, if I'm going to listen, if I'm going to receive from someone, I want to know wh- who they are and what they've done. And man, this guy and his wife, Joanne, they have done some amazing things. A- as a pastor 20 plus years ago, John and Joanne, they developed a foster care ministry in their local church. And later, that transitioned to the Smoky Mountain Children's Home in Sevierville, Tennessee, which some of you are familiar with the Smoky Mountain Children's Home. It's amazing. The lives it's impacted through the years has just been absolutely wonderful. And eventually, he served as the director of programming there. Um, He currently serves as the executive director of the Heart of Florida Youth Ranch, which we have been supporting for the past 10 years. And he is an author. He's a field consultant for orphanages and children's ministries around the world through Church of God World Missions. Um, I can say this just from what I personally know about them. Three years ago, I was on the state council, and we knew that the Heart of Florida Youth Ranch needed a turnaround. We knew it. And um, we were introduced to Dr. Sweet at that moment, and uh, we were praying that he would accept the challenge. We were asked to pray that he would accept the challenge, and, um, and he did. John and Joanne, they, they accepted the challenge, and in three years' time, they have turned the ranch around. I, I can't tell you the amazing improvements that have happened at the Heart of Florida Youth Ranch in Citra, Florida. And so I know that the Sweets truly do care for hurting children around the world, and we're blessed to have them with us today. Would you put your hands together and welcome Dr. John Sweet? As I sit there, and I, I hadn't thought about that in a while, but it'll be three years in June that uh, I stood underneath a tree out on the property, and uh, I'd been asked to come by the bishop to find a new director. I was, that was part of my role as being the field consultant for International Orphanages for Church of God World Missions, and I remember standing there underneath a tree, and feeling like this is something I needed to do. I didn't need to pass it off to somebody else. I remember calling Joanne and saying, honey, I don't know if I need to walk away from this. And she says, well, come and get me and we'll see what we can do. So I took the next weekend and went and picked her up. And I remember just shortly after that phone call, the bishop called me and said, I've got the state council here with me and you're on speakerphone. So that's that's kind of being put on the spot, but God had already touched our hearts. You know, it's an amazing thing when God calls you to do something. And that's, I understand this is your mission emphasis. It's an amazing thing to let God use you in what he's calling you to do. Uh, Just a few weeks ago, we had the experience that one of our case managers was taking in a new child and Joanne had had that we we were already at our limit we broke the record I think the record was 28 the kids on the campus and uh, we were licensed for 34 and we've been sitting at 34 for a year or so now and and uh, they called about a child that had had gone had been at the ranch and had had been released back out into the community 
and it was a sibling group of three and they needed to come back, but it was going to put us beyond our license limit and we have to get special permission and a lot of things have to happen for us to be able to, to do that. And Joanne had set those things in motion and uh, uh, we just felt like we needed to do that. It was going to tax our staff. It was going to push us beyond a lot of things that we'd uh, ever done before. And, and, uh, and Joanne said, I just feel like we've got to do it for these kids. And I walked in the room. I'd, I was called to the back room, and I walked into the room where one of our case managers was taking in a little girl that was the first of the three children to arrive. And... Uh, and uh, the stench was remarkable. Did, maybe you missed that. The stench was remarkable. I don't know what stink means to you. Now, first of all, let me, the one thing that pastor didn't share with you that I need to make very clear real quickly is whatever is before my name or after my name that connotates anything other than an East Tennessee hillbilly is a misrepresentation. <laughs> so we need to, are we clear right there? So we're all okay, because when I say stink, I'm talking serious feces, urine, blood, stink. And she, she had just opened the little trash bag that had everything this little girl owned, little 10-year-old girl in it. And the case manager was crying. She said, there's just nothing here. And here's the great thing. And in a few minutes, you're going to get a chance to see a little video thanking you for what you did for us at Christmas. And here's, here's the great thing is the heart of Florida ready? There was a, a place in the Bible in Romans chapter one about verse 15 and there's this guy named the apostle Paul and, and he, he makes this declaration. He said, I am ready to preach the gospel to the people at Rome. And I've looked at that word ready so many times. What made him ready? Are we ready as a church? Are we ready at the heart of Florida to receive what will be sent to us? And the little girl that was sitting there on the other side of the table and she's wide-eyed and her hair's matted and filthy and dirty. And we looked at, at her and we thought, Lord, are we ready to take care of this child? And the, the answer is yes. We, we're ready at the heart of Florida. We, we want to answer that call. We want to be the people they call when they find hurting and wounded and children who have been neglected, abused, abandoned. And we can do that because of people like you. We accepted her in and uh, we had little idea of what was getting ready to transpire because this little... 10-year-old girl, she had a mouth on her. And you got to understand, 
Miss Grace, the cottage parent on the cottage that she was going to, is an ordained Church of God minister. She is working in a missions on Sunday morning down in Orlando with Pastor Wayne Solomon that's down there. And, and, she's, and she is about my age and she's from the UK and she's very proper English accent and all of that goes with that. And this young lady was teaching her some new words. <laughs> and she was said, oh my, oh, and they, I, was, I heard some of it and I thought, oh my goodness, I don't know. And I've, I've seen some, you know, and the worst cussing you'll ever get by eight to 10 year old, by the way, I don't, they don't have any filters. They don't have any breaks and they don't have any limits. And so they will let you have it. As a matter of fact, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm one of these competitive people. I, I want to win. I want to be ready. I mean, if we play checkers, I'm going to be gritting my teeth to the end to win. I want to win. I think God calls us to be like that. I, I think we ought to be people that, and so I, I'm very, very competitive. So when we get to heaven, I want to get a crown. I don't want to just be standing there and see Rocky get a crown and me not get one. <laughs> and so, you know, I've already figured that he's got the better hair crown if they give one out. <laughs> and, I, and I, you know, our, 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 uh, presiding bishop of the church of God, Tim Hill, and I've already figured that I'm not going to win the singing contest. And so I'm trying to figure out, you know, and Billy Graham's won more souls, and there's a lot of people that preach better than me, and I'm trying to, where can I fit in? And I figured it out. If they give an award for the, for the preacher who's been cussed the most, I'm going to be in the running. I might not be the winner, but I'll be close. I'll be honorable mention. I'll tell you, I have been cussed. And this, this little girl was poor. And, and we do a thing every day where they send out behavioral, especially new kids, so we can kind of see where they're at. They send out their behavioral numbers. And we, it's, it's graded on a number scale and so that we can look and see if there's an area we need to, to get them you know, special help in. So the first two or three days, we were looking at her, their numbers. And, and it was one of those deals I did not want to call and ask what the problem was because I already knew what it was. And this little girl was just pouring and just vomiting her trauma, her pain, what she had been through out on the staff. But you know, I watched after about three days, those numbers start to climb. And she was introduced to God. Paul said, I am ready to preach the gospel. I want to be ready. And I thought about Paul. I thought, what made Paul ready? What, what made him ready for missions? Ready to go far beyond where he was born. Far beyond where he was even called. Far beyond and, and beyond anything that he had imagined. There was a time when this guy was preaching and the people got some mad. I preached some controversial stuff in the 20 years I pastored and I left the pulpit with my congregation mad at me. But I don't think I've ever got to the place where Paul was preaching and they started throwing rocks at him and throwed so many rocks at him they thought he was dead. And they walked away leaving him laying there in the dust because his message was so unpopular, the message of Christ. How could that be? But he preached and 
and they had stoned him, and they and we we would think that impossible. But in our day of all this political stuff that's going on, we can see that somebody could actually get up and preach hope and be stoned. And that had happened to him. He's laying there in the dust, left for dead. And after he gets up and adjusts his clothes, and what makes that kind of person? That he's ready. He, all the things out of his past had prepared him for what was coming next. He was ready because of that. And I, I think there was something else about Paul in this, this situation. I think he understood that there was something more that was out there for him. There was something more, I think, and I don't know how it works out. I don't know how that you give here in, in Newberry and it's translated to Kasha Shalom and Guatemala or the heart of Florida and Citra and people you never see and you never touch and you never get to talk to and you never get to witness to. And somehow you get credit for that. I don't know how it works. And somehow I've, I've seen it maybe in heaven that 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 and forgive me, I come from that kind of world where they are kind of corrals and things around. And, and maybe you're sitting there and people are coming through and you say, well, who, who are those people? And those are people that your missions dollar touched. Those are children out of Guatemala or out of the islands that found themselves in Miami, that found themselves in Citra at the heart of Florida Ranch and your dollar, your gift, your prayer made a difference in them and somehow we're standing there and as, as they walk by, you're responsible for that soul. And I think Paul understood that. He understood when he was laying there in the dust that day when he was writing this letter to Romans, he understood that one day there was gonna be a reward for every time he was spit on, for every time he was uh, a, a negative thing had happened. And I think about my cottage parents this morning. And there are times, and, and almost every morning, I have a call with them. At nine o'clock, we do what we call the huddle call. It's a conference call, and everybody calls in, and we talk about the things from the night before and what's happening the next day. And sometimes I hear in their voice, they're weary. I hear in their voice they were up all night long. I hear in their voice the things that have happened to them. Not too long ago, there was a little girl came into our office and we were contemplating what was going to happen with her. She had ran away and, and uh, she'd been involved in sex trafficking. So we were watching her real closely that, that what was going on. And, and I brought her in and I said, is there any way that you would stay with us? And she, tears were flowing down her face and she st started telling me about some of the things that had happened to her. And, and, and you know, I get tough questions. You want to hear a tough question? You come around me and I get the why question. If God loves me, why did he let this stuff happen to me? If God is a love and he really cares, why is all of these negative things happening and they just keep happening and they won't go away? If God loves me, why did he, where was he at when I was raped? Where was he at when I was abandoned? Where was he at when I was abused? And that little girl 
had been raped just before she got to our facility. And I looked at her and I thought about beautiful young lady. I thought about all the things that could happen, all the possibilities that God might have, all the dreams that God might have prepared her for. And, I th and there's a beautiful picture in our office that it's got a, a canopy of trees and a beautiful light at the end of it. And I was sitting there staring at that. And I told her, you know, just how big is your hurt? Is, is your hurt this big? Is your hurt this big? Is it as big as a softball, as big as a basketball, as big as a beach ball? How big is your hurt? And with tears coursing down her face, she stretched her arms as wide as she could. And she said, my hurt is this big. When your hurt's that big, it doesn't matter what your future looks like. All you can see is hurt. All you can see is that hurt. And I looked at her and I said, honey, if you'll stay with us, if, if you'll just hang with us, maybe that hurts this big today. But if you'll stay with us, we'll start chipping away. We'll love you. We'll teach you about the love of God. God does love you. And he was at the same place when you were being hurt that he was when Jesus was hanging on the cross. And he knew that the cross was not the end for Jesus. And he knew that whatever you survived was not the end for you. You have a future. You have a hope. You are a survivor. If you'll let us, maybe that hurt in a few months, maybe it'll be this big. Maybe it'll be this big in a few more months. And maybe, in, and the thing is about humanity, it doesn't matter. If you've been hurt, you'll never forget it. We don't have the capacity just to wipe it out. But you know what God does for us? She and I walked outside and we walked along the parking lot and I picked up a pebble. And I said, maybe one day your hurt will be this big. And I dropped it on the ground and we walked on it. And I said, that that dominated your life will be just a pebble on the path to what God has prepared for you. Paul understood that when he was laying there in the dust. He got up, please, wiped himself off, and he started walking on, and he, he would say, I'm ready to preach the gospel. But I think there was something else. I think Paul understood what we understood stand at the heart of Florida, if not us who. Who's going to answer that call in the middle of the night that Joanne gets and they say we've got a child that's been beaten. They need, they're at the hospital and we need somewhere to bring them when they're done here. Who's going to answer that call, when the, that question when they say, where is God? Who's going to answer that child who's screaming and hurting and praying tonight? Like, you know, and one of the challenges that I wake up with every morning is the challenge that somebody, some, some child somewhere is praying 
and I want to answer, I want to be the answer to that prayer. They're praying for hope. They're praying for an opportunity. They're praying for a chance. And I think Paul understood that. He understood that if not him, what was going to happen? He understood the call of the damned. He understood that there was a call that was echoing out of hell and he heard the call of the people that had not answered. He knew that he had, to, he had to offer that. If not us, who is going to answer the call? And so he, it compelled him to go forward. It compelled him to reach out. And I want to share with you that God understands that. There was that moment in Paul's life, I think, that he understood the sin of the rich man. I think in America, we need to hear that call. Because you see, the rich man, the only sin that was laid at his charge was the, that he fared sumptuously every day with a beggar at his door. I want you to hear me today. When, when God puts that call, we need to be ready to give. When Pastor Rocky gets up and he begins to talk about a missions project, and you think, well, that's not going to touch me. That's not going to affect my family. That's a half a world away. That's not really, that's, that's over another part of the state. That's children I'll never see. That's people that, you know, that they're, they're in Florida and they're, they're part of our community and we drive by and we see them, but they're really not part of me. They're not that important. You need to remember that God calls us to care about the ones that are just outside our door. There are children in Newberry that God will call some of you to step up for. There's not a time that I get up that I don't think about how many potential foster parents and adoptive parents am I talking to. Maybe somebody, you've been thinking about it and, and, and maybe today is the day you make a decision to get involved because there's hurting children that need somebody to answer that call. But beyond everything else, I wanna be that one that helps shrink that boulder. You say, what do you do at the heart of Florida Youth Ranch? We turn boulders into pebbles. We're a mission of mercy. We reach out to the hurting. I don't know where you're at today in your life, and I just ask you if you don't care for just a moment, I want to just talk to you. If you just bow your head for just a moment. We're going to get up in a few minutes and leave this room. You guys are at the start. We, we just closed out January and we're starting into February of this new year. God is calling us to be aware of those who are around us. Are, are we ready to reach this community? I believe God has called Destiny Church to reach the community of Newberry. I believe he's calling you. I, I believe the pastor, he is, his passion and his heart, you guys are ready. The things of the past, all the things that have happened prior to this have prepared you for this time. You're getting ready to begin the new work on the new building and it's going to launch forth into a future. You are ready. But there are some in this room today 
there are some that when I said, how big is your hurt, there was something tinged in your heart because it's, it's sizable. You walked in this morning and there's something going on in your life. And I didn't just come to tell you a story about the heart of Florida Youth Ranch. I come to give you the good news that that huge hurt in your life that you may be walking through right now that may be so raw and so big that you can't see around it. And you may have asked that very question just days ago or maybe even hours ago. God, where are you? I want you to know he cares about you and he brought you here today and he sent me to give you the message that he's walking with you today and you will survive. You will survive. He's opening up a door already that you can't see. He's preparing things that you don't know about tomorrow. He's beginning to crack that darkness in you. And that boulder is beginning to melt like a snowball in the Florida sun. Hope is just beyond the next step. Keep walking. Keep walking. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.